0: tell you friends the mark and mac show is back and better than ever are you ready life Radio. FM. it's the mark and mac show and a drone operator spots wow. a message on a beach mm-hmm. saying help yep. and this is something that you know look if you've never really um if, if you're standing on a beach and you draw out a big word, and it looks big, okay, mm-hmm. if it looks big to you and you're standing there up in the sky, right. it means nothing. They yeah. can't see it. Yeah. It has to be so big on the ground that you can't tell what it says for then anybody to see it over a thousand feet up, okay? Yeah, just that's true. So for a drone operator to spe- see help spelled out on a beach tells me something. Well, for one thing you legally can't fly a drone in the United
1: States over 500 or uh, 400 feet above the surface of the, you know, wherever, oh. wherever you are. So, I you're, so you're 400 feet in the air unless you're flying around an object like a building or a water tower or something like that and then you can fly 400 feet over the top of that but not something you're going to find on a beach very often right but this guy and his son uh, a man and a boy they've been rescued from a remote beach on the new south wales south coast in the in australia after a drone operator spotted their help message written in the sand Uh, New South Wales ambulance confirmed the man in his 30s and the younger uh, the boy younger than 10 were injured when their boat overturned in rough seas last Wednesday morning onlookers became concerned when they spotted the boat floating upside down when locals were unable to see people in the water near the overturned boat they called nearby resident and drone operator Marie Jackson to the beach. Uh, Jackson says, I put the drone up and located the boat in the water upside down. When I flew the drone over the beach, I located a person. The man had written help in the sand. Uh, a rescue operator retrieved the pair just after 10 a.m. The man was airlifted to Can- uh, Canberra Hospital in a serious but stable condition. The boy wow. was taken to another hospital in a stable condition. Wow. Yeah. So,
0: drone operator wow. to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Live radio fm the mark and mac show and um number 14 on the worst uh, 70s television shows of all time on the thing on facebook you know that i meant to tell you about on the air and told you off air but this is why i don't get (laughs) on facebook before during or after because I get stuck in, I'll look at stuff on Facebook. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't post that many things. Okay. I'm right. not that guy, yeah. No, you're but not. I do read things. Yeah. I mean, but they're not things about other people. Usually it's just crazy stuff that catches my attention. Like mm-hmm. the worst 29 shows of the seventies, you know? Yeah. And you won't believe number 17. And it's like, well, I didn't believe number 14. So <laughs> let's go see what 15 is, you know, and right, it gets yeah. me hooked. And it's like, I know I'm getting, I, I know all I'm going to do is get crazy ads now because you know what i'm looking at that's but it is kind of amazing Mm -hmm. that you know pamela reed was in a television show in 1977 (laughs) that you know pamela
1: who Uh, i don't know it doesn't matter for me it's marketplace because i get over to facebook marketplace and i'll be searching for one thing and of course the way the algorithm works is oh he likes that let's show him nothing but that so from oh, you know, wow. like I'll search uh, for for example Mike and I were talking about mustangs a couple of weeks ago right so I I started looking to see what was out there right as far as mustangs between a certain year between 2005 and 2009 and right. that's what I was looking for so what do I see now Mustang 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 <laughs> mustang mustang you know <laughs> Wow. If I search Miata parts, Miata parts, Miata parts, all kinds of Miata parts, power tools is another thing. So right now, my Facebook Marketplace feed is Mustang parts, Miata parts, um, uh, power tools, and recliners. <laughs> that's, that's what's on. my feed. <laughs> is there something else on Facebook Marketplace besides this stuff? I don't know right now because this is all it's showing me. <laughs>
0: liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark i'm back to that drone story we had a few minutes ago yes, about yeah. people on the beach because you mentioned something that i didn't know that drone operators are only allowed to go up like four or five hundred feet in yeah. the air yeah 400 and yeah i just didn't know that at all and so does it count like um you mentioned it like if you're over a water tower mm-hmm. it's 400 feet above the water tower correct now what about antennas? Like if you have a radio antenna. Mm-hmm. Eleven hundred feet. Go, yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. So oh my goodness. If you can go up to fifteen hundred feet, yeah. If it's See, an eleven hundred foot tower, yeah. The video I've seen you post online, you mm-hmm. know, of your drone back a couple yeah. of years ago when you were really doing it, you did some amazing videos and it looked like you were a lot higher than that. No. It, it to me, you know. It, wow. It's funny I didn't know. It's funny how
1: how high four hundred feet actually looks. I right. mean because you can set the limits in the drone in the controller, you set the mm-hmm. the height limit right. and it will it will stop it won't go any further than that four hundred right. feet right Wow uh or you can you can turn the limiting off and then fly up to however as high as you want to, like around a water tower or a t or a radio yeah. tower or something like that um but when you're you ever looking, been flying your drone
0: and lost sight of it where you could not see it, yes. And you know, and that's not supposed
1: It's not supposed to happen. You're always supposed to have visual contact with it.
0: Always. I'll be dog. Didn't and, know that. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. Have you ever You're, lost it? I mean, like it went down somewhere and you didn't know where? The first day I flew it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was wow.
1: I was in Springville, Alabama. I had gotten this idea about shooting some various things around there and putting a little video together. And I wanted to start out by shooting the water tower. That's up on top mm-hmm. of the hill over Springville, and it's got yeah. the it's got the name of the town on it, right? right. I thought, well, this will be cool. I'll zoom in, I'll, I'll fly in really close, and then pull backwards away from the water tower, right. and and reveal the name of the town. And <laughs> that's cool. And that's how the that's how the video opens. It's on YouTube right now. You can go look at it yeah. if you want to. But the uh, the the thing is that this water tower is not one of those that's up on legs. It's sitting on the ground on top of this hill, and. Wow and there's a little church up there and there's a old there's an old cemetery right next to it with confederate gravestones and such so i'm parked in i'm parked on the loop around this cemetery and i'm watching the the picture and i'm pulling back and i see okay it's springville there's the sign you can tell it's a water tower okay i should stop about and i hear the drone hit something <laughs> It ran into a tree. I'm flying backwards, right? So I don't see, I'm looking at the little screen. I don't see what's behind me. I see what's in ahead of me, right? And so I fly into some trees. It falls. It is during the fall part of the year. So they've been out there clearing the cemetery and blowing all the leaves off into the woods, off to one side where I crashed, Wow! And so the drone hits the tree, tumbles down, falls into these piles of leaves. It took me forever to find that drone. (laughs) I thought, that's awesome. I've spent all this money on this drone, flown it for the first time,
0: and lost it the first day. You know, back in the 70s, before drones, and before, you know, they they had remote control airplanes. Like, you know, we had the remote control cars, and the rich guys had the airplanes, and Mm -hmm. they were pretty cool. But there was a trick thing they had. It was those. Remember the little gas-powered cars and planes that they, the little Cox engine. It was yes. ring, ring, ring. Yeah. One of those little mm-hmm. things. All right, my dad, uh, Michael, my brother, got an airplane. Uh, one of those Cox. I think it was. Was that what it was called the Cox Motor? What was that? Well, that was one of the company. brands. Yeah, Cox. Yeah. Was it? yeah. Anyway, and he got a plane for Christmas. And it wasn't remote control though. It was the motor and all that, but it was on a string. (laughs) And what you would do is you would get it started and it would fly and you would go around in a circle and you could make it do some really cool stuff. You had
1: the handle, you'd tilt it up or down, make it go up or down. Yeah.
0: And it was a really cool way. If you were not rich enough to have a remote control, your Mm -hmm. hand was the remote control, just like it was for TV. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is here we are Christmas day in the afternoon. Got to take it. It's the cool thing. This is the coolest toy we got. Right. And our stepfather, Charlie, is out there. Well, I'll show you how to do it, Mike, you know. And uh, we go to the park, okay, flat area, right there on the basketball courts. Ring, get it started, and it's going around, and it looks really cool. It goes around, and Charlie goes down. To make it go up or down, you go like this, and it goes up. And then to make it go down, you do this, and wham, bam, hits the pavement. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas is over. Mike never flew it. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac Show, and you know, Mark, um, I'm going to be taking part in a documentary this week. Are you it's, now? Yeah, it's being shot um, by a production company out of Atlanta, and I think it's going to be on Netflix. I'm not sure. I'll let you know more later on. Okay. But it's uh, in the early, it's in their pre-production, winding down, beginning production this week, and it's the uh, 30th anniversary of the Palm Sunday tornado that hit in Piedmont. Ah. And you know they're getting it this is the 29th year and next year being the 30th they're trying to get it all done, you know, before then. So they're starting, you know, this week they've done uh they've some some remarkable work already. And uh, that's why I was thinking about the drone stuff earlier. Yes. Because it would be so fascinating to have drone footage of the the path of that tornado mm, yeah. because what we do have is some helicopter footage and things yeah. like that but anyway something i found out um over the weekend and by the way i was in this palm sunday tornado which i'm not going to belabor and we're not going to talk about this a whole lot because it's really going to just interest me and two other people but um it was a traumatic event and it was a just people died it was on palm sunday at a church mm. and anyway um but there has been this rumor for years that the, there was a video camera inside the church because of the Palm Sunday service. Uh, the little kids were doing things with little Palm fronds going around the church. Yeah, yeah. And there has long been a rumor that there was a video camera inside the church that was on when the tornado hit. Hmm. And I really thought like many things about an event like that, you hear apocryphal stories, sure, you know, that yeah, sound really, yeah. they sound possible, but yeah, well, um, anyway, I actually am going to see that video is real. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so they're not going to allow it to be used in the documentary itself, mm. but they are, uh, this is the first time many people have gotten together. I didn't know this because I assumed a lot of, you know, that they talked about it. Uh, but what has happened over the years, they found out in pre-production that, uh, most of the people, even though they attend church together, a lot of them still, they don't talk about the, tornado. they have not had a conversation about the tornado. Hmm with others hmm. at and so that's been a it's been really weird but uh, i was thinking because i i'm i know the helicopter footage exists because i did watch some of that but uh, anyway so we're, i'm going to actually get to see some things this week that i haven't seen or been a part of in uh, you know 29 years wow and yeah it's going to be pretty remarkable and uh, you know pretty excited my son andrew was actually asked to direct uh the, you know cause he that's what he does now he's a, right. a director of you know doing videos and films and tv commercials and what have you so anyway thought that was, oh but hey by the way the company that hired him to be the director uh did not know that he was actually in the church wow they they just knew he was from alabama yeah said, hey you know would you be interested in doing this from alabama he was like you know really they didn't know wow yeah so anyway just give you a little heads up that's what i'll be working on later in the week and so uh if, if Dave takes off next week because he's just incapable <laughs> of working, that's why you, you'll know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Hey, Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark, a couple of weeks ago, we had temperatures in the 70s. Right. And, yeah. you and you and I enjoyed it, you know. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. But it was one of those things where you're kind of going, I know I need to work in the yard. Yeah. I know <laughs> I need to work <laughs> in the yard. Right. Yeah. There's no way spring is here. It's February. We're not, you know, my next door neighbors got in their pool, man. Okay. Yep. Yep. And. I, and LaDonna was like, you know, they are swimming next door. Yeah. um And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you realize they are young and they've never owned a pool before. That'll wear off eventually. But, you know. When you've been around a block uh, a few times, you know, yeah. no, not yet. yeah <laughs> No. And so I didn't, you know, to my credit, I didn't do anything. I just watched right. TV or something for those days. Yep. And so, you know, now that it's down to like of the north cold weather, uh, you know. Yeah. It's 25 like again. It's 25 I, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I was, I feel vindicated
1: though, you know. <laughs> So you have it. I'm working on stuff yesterday. I've been out in the driveway uh, scrubbing the uh, the transmission, trying to get it all clean before I put it back in the Miata. And uh, and I've been out there, and the pressure washer quits. So I'm out there in in the driveway trying to get the pressure washer started. And I realize I've got to work on it. I ended up dragging it in the garage because it was closing <laughs> the door because it's too cold to work on it in the driveway, right? Yep. And that was yesterday. That was when it was about forties in the forties. Right. Mm-hmm. And I finally, and I've got a, I've got, I got a jacket on and I'm moving around and I'm staying rather warm, but still it's too cold to work out in the driveway. <laughs> right. And just, uh, and I get, <laughs> and I sent Jane a text because she had gone to somebody's birthday party. I said, Hey, just as a heads up, I'm in the, in your part side of the garage with the, you know, w- you know, working on this thing. So park outside. <laughs> and when she gets home, she before she's in the driveway the garage door starts going up you know oh my and she comes in walks by me walks in the house shuts the door behind her leaves the garage door wide
0: open with me out there freezing but just as a heads up those days are gone after today okay tomorrow it'll be a cold overnight below freezing Mm. i have about 62 and then wednesday we're back into spring wow highs uh, the rest of the week 70s 80 you know somewhere in there so i think winter might officially be saying goodbye today oh i hope life radio.fm the mark and Max show and hey man just letting you know um on my uh, 29 worst ep- uh, tv shows of the <laughs> 70s i'm up to number 18 now mark so just, there you go so what was number 17 <laughs> oh, buddy, I'm, I'm still disgusted by the fact that I'm caught on to this. So let's not dig out that okay. one. But you know what? It's mm-hmm. about the 70s TV shows. And the th- funny thing is, is there was a, a show, you know, we had Charlie's Angels. They had, you know, yeah. you had Charlie, the guy you never saw. You had his little guy, Bosley, who answered the phone mm-hmm. and the angels, the three girls, you know, right, yeah. on the brunette and the redhead. Yeah. And uh, anyway, well, apparently uh, because of TV being so, you know, yuck, <laughs> there were other shows that tried to take the same thing and, and, and thought somehow instead of having three angels, we'll do one with two angels Mm -hmm. and uh, we will call it the American girls. Um, (laughs) basically it's about two girls who were sent on investigative missions that led them into all sorts of adventures. Wow. And so the American girls, okay. It, I don't know how many episodes they filmed. I just know they only aired 11. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Or no! They only owed no. Oh, I'm sorry. They only aired six because they were so bad. Wow, but here's the part that's of it, Mark. Why I never saw it. I never heard of it. No, wow. but here's the part of it. Actually, I looked it up and I thought, wait a minute. This show was on before Charlie's Angels. Oh, where did they go wrong? And so I'm looking at this because, well, Mark, what else do you have to do except a radio show and everything else that we do? Right. I start investigating while we're on the air. So. <laughs> I will follow through with what I said I'm going to do. I'm turning it off. (laughs) Good. You should. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and (laughs) the topic of this story, okay? Mm -hmm. Sunday night regulars. Uh Now, this could be so many things from eating prunes to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Not that kind of regular. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is something that we have talked about off and on over the
1: years, many, many times. All right. And we have usually referred to people we know, you know, Mm -hmm. in the restaurant business. Right. But, and, and it's kind of a firsthand thing. We, we know people who worked as waiters and waitresses and we've heard the stories they've told. Right. And then I hate Sunday that they hate working on Sundays. Yeah. And then I see this. Just the other day, I see this as I'm pulling show stuff together, and it's actually one story out of a bunch of stories about working in the restaurant business. And this one stood out to me because it's specifically about working Sundays in restaurants. Okay. Here we go. In the early 90s, I was a waiter at Friendlies. On Sundays, I worked all three shifts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sunday nights were particularly brutal as it was our busiest night, yet we were always undermanned due to staff not showing up, and I was already tired from a long day. Every Sunday night, this large church group would come in, about 20 or more people. They would come in at the tall end of the dinner shift, just as I was about to pull myself out of the weeds, and they would ask me to be their waiter. Then if they couldn't get five tables near each other, they would spread out all over the restaurant into other waiters zones, but still insist on me being their server. They (laughs) would act disappointed and in some cases annoyed that I didn't remember their drink preferences from previous weeks. They would place (laughs) their beverage and food orders, then get up and change tables. Not to mess with me, mind you. They were just being sociable with each other. Then they would get fussy with their orders. This or that was wrong. This was undercooked. I didn't think it would look like that, so can I order something else, etc.? Wow. It was hard for me to tell if I'd gotten an order wrong or maybe I had the right order for the wrong guy because they wouldn't stay in the same seat throughout the experience. It went on and on. They were, per capita, the neediest customers I had to deal with all week, (laughs) and there were at least 20 of them all at once every Sunday. Wow. So here's the kicker. Religious pamphlets. That's what I got tipped every week. Plus about about $5 in change. Oh, come on. So we know this is an anonymous story. Somebody anonymous on on a Reddit forum or something. But this rings true because of the people that we know who have worked in the restaurant business serving tables. And they will all tell you, Nobody wants to work Sunday, not just because they want the day off, it's because it's the hardest day to work because the crowd is different on Sundays. They're pushy, they're demanding, they're, they're, sometimes they're just nasty and they leave tracts, pamphlets instead of money as tips. Sometimes they leave pamphlets or or religious tracts that look like a $20 bill. Oh, those are the evil ones. Those are, those are so awful. Because these people uh, work hard for a living, they don't make minimum wage, right? right? They live off yeah. of their tips, and you go in after church and mm-hmm. you and instead of helping them clear I had actually Rich Mullins, who was a CCM artist way back early in the day, uh, had him I invited him to come and join us for dinner after a concert one time, and he says, "I can't, we got to get ready to go and leave town, go for the next show, but you guys go have fun. And when you're through, do what Jesus would do, clear the table and leave a big tip. And that has always stuck with me. But do you ever see anybody from a church group doing that? No. Wow. You ask people in the in the restaurant business, and they will tell you, by and large, what they see
0: is what this person just described. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, Mark, when you were telling the story about the, the restaurant and right. the Christian people, and. Look, you know, a lot of us, um, a lot of us who are saved, a lot of us believers, um, we oftentimes really do get roped in, you know, to acting a certain way based on what people think we act like, you know, mm-hmm. and we even look, okay, I'm actually projecting because this is how people, people would really get mad at Mark and I, and I'm sure they still do, but it's like, because we did not walk around solemn and, you know, oh, yeah. just It's crazy. And I remember when uh, you mentioned Rich Mullins, well, I remember Amy Grant, you, you actually were able to talk to her about something I really couldn't because, um, in the eighties I was in secular radio doing top 40 or country or whatever paid the most. And she, you were able to talk to her about what it was like for her to cross over, you know, from releasing Christian music to releasing non Christian music or secular Mm. music. And I remember my thought at the time it was happening because she was very young, you know, when el shaddai age Mm -hmm. to age all that was out okay that's for starters second of all when she had her her biggest hit was a song called baby baby that came out in 1990 91 somewhere in there yeah and it was huge it it was a monster hit it was Yeah, she did have a couple others between 83 and 1990 you know that were hits and it was amazing because you were able to talk to her about it from the what what happened in christian radio And how people were like, oh, we got to shun her now, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet, I remember her talking about looking at her daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. and how people, you know, it's like they have an expectation of us as Christians that we're just no fun, that we suck the life out of everything. Mm -hmm. And she noticed her daughter when they were playing something, you know, up-tempo and fun, that her daughter was smiling and dancing and giggling. And, you know, why we can't be that way is the is the big question and the reality is we can we choose a path of not fun Mm. and all i'm thinking is that really what does that make anybody want what we claim to have (laughs) if we're the most judgmental counting cuss words unhappy despicable needy you know yeah is that who wants that yeah i don't
1: i i i know i don't know anybody who does really yeah i mean I i remember when uh, when her first song crossed over, and we started getting calls, are you guys yeah, going to drop her music? on the religious radio station? Yes, yeah. so. are you guys going to drop her music now? You guys are going to be- boycott Amy Grant, right? Uh, what, yeah, right. Like, what, they wanted us. They wanted us to. They wanted us to turn our backs on someone who had brought us lots of great songs for years, right? Because her professional career had uh, had taken off. And another audience had caught on to her and enjoy what she was doing. And what a lot of people didn't understand what, was that Amy and, and Gary, Gary Chapman, who she was married to at the time, they were songwriters. right? That's where they made their money. Was It wasn't in Christian music. They made yeah. their money as songwriters. Mm-hmm. And they had written, they had been co-writers on a lot of songs that people, that our audience had never heard of. And she finally has a hit. And right. people are like, Burn the witch! You know, it was just—it <laughs> was just the most bizarre thing. <laughs> and the thing is that—that that we're told we're told to separate ourselves from the mindset of sin and that old yeah. lifestyle, and and uh, and not to follow the ways of the world. Which is, you know, they're stumbling around in the dark. Why would you? Why would you follow someone who doesn't know where they're going? You know, right? <laughs> so why wow. do that? But not, I mean, we still live in this world. We still function in this world. We still, you know, shouldn't we be doing what we do to the best of our ability and making an impression on people so we can share with people what drives us? I think we should. Of course, she's had plenty of time. Now, recently, Amy has has said some things publicly, which I don't agree with, and I don't think many Christian people would. But, you know, she doesn't answer to me, and on that day, that final day, I will need not be the person she stands in front of answering to. Right. So I don't have that job. It's not my job. It's not my title. So I will not be passing judgment on. The Mark and Mac Show.
0: LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show, and <laughs> I'm looking at this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay accidental dye dump mm-hmm. d-y-e yes. dye mm-hmm. okay right um blaming an accidental dye dump yeah for pink water in colorado city yeah hmm.
1: officials in the colorado city say they've identified the culprit behind unusual pink color coloring in treated water it was 20 gallons of concentrated dye the city of idaho springs said staff at its water resource reclamation facility Noticed treated water being discharged into Clear Creek had an unusual pink coloration on the morning, <coughs> excuse me, the morning of March 13th. An investigation uh-huh. was launched into cooper in cooperation with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, and the probe determined the pink color had been introduced via the municipal sewer system. Officials said they determined Wednesday that the cause of the color had been about 20 gallons of concentrated dye that had accidentally been dumped into sewer, the sewer system by a local business. The city said in a news release the dye had been intermittently released into the system starting on March 12th and was stopped on March 14th. The city said the water discharge from the reclamation facility is likely to remain pink until all of the dye has <laughs> passed through the sewer system. They say, according to ongoing internal testing and observations, the dye does not appear to have caused any interruption to the biological treatment operation at the facility, nor have any adverse biological
0: impact on Clear Creek. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, if it had been green four days later, nobody would have said anything. life radio.fm it's the uh, mark and mac show and you know earlier we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago we got tricked you know some people got tricked you know with the 70 degree temperatures and everything else <laughs> yeah mark and i didn't get tricked because to be honest with you we were just i well okay i'll speak for myself i knew that <laughs> i wasn't falling for that trick again right you now yeah. I've been burned way too many uh, times by that fake spring. Yeah. You've heard us talk about the blizzard
1: of 93. When did it happen? Right. About now. About, yeah. Middle yeah. of March. Yeah. it did. We got <laughs> wow. like 10 to 12 inches of snow. You yeah. Know? 30 <laughs> years
0: ago today, 30 years ago today, people were in snow. Everything uh-huh. was shut down. Right. Wow. I, man. <laughs> Crazy. Well, today is actually snowman burning day. I, yeah, I
1: saw this and I thought, I, What? I've never heard of I've never heard of this, but it's been around right. since nineteen seventy one. I and <laughs> I mean Yeah, it's been around since nineteen for over fifty years it's been around, and I've never heard of it. It's a tradition that dates back to March of nineteen seventy one when it was celebrated for the first time as the National Snowman Burning Day at Lake Superior State University by one of the school's clubs known as the Unicorn Hunters. Uh-huh. There's way too much alcohol and drugs on campus. That's yep. all I'm going to say. Okay. Yep. I um, really <laughs> Some members of the Unicorn Hunters were inspired by the German holiday Rose Sunday festival, during which the mayor of the town parades through town with a snowman made out of straw. Okay. Hmm. It was reported that the well-behaved children in this German town were rewarded by the mayor with a burning straw snowman. If it was this act coupled with the experience of particularly old and harsh winter, a cold and harsh winter, I should say, that inspired the unicorn hunters to begin the tradition of burning snowmen, as it was believed that the smoke would prevent blizzards (laughs) and help usher in spring like weather. Uh, This event, this is. This is like a Groundhog Day gone wild is what this is, you know. This event would go on to be a long-lasting tradition of Lake Superior State University for over decades. Over decades as a way of welcoming the arrival of spring. The event was reportedly canceled briefly in 1992 due to concern about environmental pollution. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was, however, restored as part of Michigan tradition after the public had clamored for it. it today, the snowmen used for snowman burning day are made out of wood, recyclable paper, uh-huh. as well as some straw, among other things. The snowman typically stands about 12 feet tall. Wow. <laughs> and bulletproof. There you go. <laughs> wow. Snowman burning day. Wow. You know, we were talking last week about how every every town has a festival of some kind. Yeah what if your town burns a snowman every spring
0: <laughs> wait well, i'm a little concerned with that but i'm almost more concerned about the unicorn hunters man <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mac show and you know you were saying a couple of minutes ago that it is snowman burning day right yeah well you know whenever there is a day or any day has more than one today is mm-hmm. and today is also alien abduction day and considering <laughs> yeah. the number of ufo sightings that are going on and <laughs> the number of people who are laying it out there that and this is a uh this is something we've heard for a while of, mm-hmm. that the government of the united states of america being a leader of the free world and all that that the reason they are popping up with these ufo stories now is because when the rapture occurs and people are left behind they will say it wasn't uh, a biblical thing it actually they're ufo's right so yeah just preparing you for that
1: yeah but today is amongst many other things alien abduction day um aliens i'll just read through the story we'll we'll deal with it okay aliens are said to be living things that exist outside the planet earth it's believed that aliens transport themselves through identified flying objects ufos the first time a ufo was sighted was on march 1st of 1639 now a lot of us think it goes back to that guy who saw the the pilot who saw them and named them ufos because flying saucers because of the way they move through the air remember that story yeah yeah Yeah. but this was 1639 yeah when John Winthrop recorded in his diary that another man, James Everell, was in a boat with two other people in a river when they saw a great light in the night sky. When the light stood still, it flamed up, and when it ran, it changed into a, the figure of a swine. Just going to hmm. let that lay there. Um, okay. The man in the boat also claimed that the light ran very fast and was going back and forth between their village and another nearby village just two miles away. Some other people said they saw the light, too, around the same area after a while of the sighting of the ufo the people in the boat saw themselves found themselves in a part of the river that they couldn't remember rowing their boat to it was uh-huh. very strange and if it were in today's world it would be have been recorded as the first alien abduction you know one of the wow. signs of, of abductions is missing time where you right you can't you can't account for all the time you spent in the car between this point and that point right right even though there had been speculations about aliens over the years, it wasn't until the 1960s that it started getting a lot of attention. The first widely publicized story of alien abduction was the Hill Abduction, which was the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. They claimed aliens abducted them from September 19th to 20th in the a rural part of New Hampshire. And their story was so profound that it was adapted into a book called The Interrupted Journey and became a bestseller in 1966. So it goes back to 1639. That's the first record we have of this sort of
0: a thing, I mean, right? thinking alien abduction lost time, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. kind of. And I'm thinking, okay, from about, and I'm I'm being kind of loose, 83 and a half till August of 90. I pretty much have a lost time uh, <laughs> period there, you know. So it could be aliens, I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, Mark, there are. It, for those of us who have looked at such things, yeah. and, you know, I was, I told you before, I was never really interested, um, in the whole UFO thing until, uh, being in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a couple of years right, where yeah. you have, you know, this, where you can see for miles, mm-hmm. you know, it's very flat and it's like, you see really weird things happen. Right. And yeah, ju- but I also learned that just because you can't explain, it doesn't mean, you know, it's Marvin the Martian, you know, it just things you can't explain. Right. Well, in the list of
1: things that today is this was yeah. one of them these the the burning the the snowman burning day mm-hmm. and then yeah. there's also there's alien abduction day and then there's extraterrestrial abductions day it's <laughs> two different listings two different things on the same day and what i was thinking was there's this group of people <laughs> who want to have this day and they won't they can't come to an, uh, terms they can't agree on the name of the day oh.
0: no it's alien abduction day no it's extraterrestrial
1: inductions day
0: it's oh, alien funny. abduction day <laughs> <laughs> grab your briefcase go home <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show Mark, you know, we mentioned that today is Burning Snowman Day. Right. um, Alien Abduction Day. Right. And is also a mystery creature on Florida Man Security Camera Day. (laughs) (laughs) I I sense a theme running through here. Yeah, I think there is. (laughs) A mystery creature that
1: repeatedly triggered a Florida man's home security camera was thought to be a human hand. And even an octopus before they finally identified it. Dean Gordon said he was asleep at his Lehigh Acres home when he received an alert from his home security camera at 1.40 a.m. Sunday. Gordon said he checked the camera footage on his phone and was not sure what he was seeing in the backyard. He said, I thought it was a human hand. And I was like, hold on. Let me (laughs) watch that again. Then Uh I said, oh, that looks like an octopus. He Uh, said a, a second alert from the doorbell camera at the front of his home offered a slightly clearer look. The second video was from around front, he says. That's when he stopped and I saw the leg and I think an eye. You could see the frog's legs and a big eye. Gordon posted his footage to Facebook, asking neighbors if they could identify the creature. Locals said the animal appears to be a Cuban tree frog, an invasive species known to live in the area. Some commenters said the amphibians have been seen, amphibians, uh, climbing (laughs) on their cameras as well. The only reason this story means anything to me is because I've gone through the same experience. Waking up at two in the morning because my doorbell camera is chiming at me. Right, I'm like, what was it? And I pick up the phone and look at it, and I see this antenna from a bug moving back and forth on the oh. camera. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to set your camera off.
0: <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, many's the time I've wondered. I'm waiting. No, I just you You just wonder. Okay. Just in general, you know. How do they know that I really want to find out what number seventeen is on the list of child actors who really grew up to be ugly, you know? Why is it that they trick me with these things? It really bothers me that I get sucked in. I, I really thought for a moment you were going to say you. Sometimes you wonder what kind of darts I use to throw at the board to pick stories. Oh <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you know the reason I, ne- I. 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 I'm just so thankful that you do it because if it was left up to me. We'd be working on last Monday's schedule, you know, or and we'd, we'd be yeah, talking about sometimes. murders. And oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Death and grief and sorrow and murder. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pretty much. So, anyway, all right. What do we have here? We have yep. um a, a dolphins pay mm-hmm. surprise visit. Yep. Now, at first, I was thinking the football playing dolphin. So, I'm guessing <laughs> that would not have been it. that would have been a great story. Actually, oh, that, a well, pair
1: yeah. of dolphins paid a surprise visit to two paddle boaters off the California coast. Bill Clements, who posted the video of the encounter, to <clears throat> tiktok said he and friend justin kesmo were out in an inflatable paddle boat off dana point when he expressed his wish to see a dolphin in person he said in the video wouldn't it be rad if a dolphin came over and jumped because everybody says rad. um mm-hmm. seconds later a dolphin emerges from the water right next to the boat the ocean mammal i'm just gonna wow just come on people was soon wow. joined by a second dolphin Clemens remarks when the dolphins appear into the video. Hey, he was listening to us. Wow. Just call me the dolphin whisperer from now on. He said <laughs> he wrote in the video's description.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, going to the ocean and seeing dolphins, you know, mm-hmm. t- that is still an amazing thing to it me. It is, yeah. And it's just because they're out in the, you know, we're in their world now. Yeah. Most of us, uh, for me anyway, I just, you know, seen them like SeaWorld or whatever. But right. I know that uh, last few times been to the beach one of the, I have very few requirements in going to the beach cause I love it, mm. but I don't mind paying extra to stay on the beach facing the ocean. Right. Because I get up earlier than everybody else mm. and I want to sit out on the day. I want to look at the ocean right. and drink my coffee right. and just be. Yep. And I remember being able to, but there was one trip in particular where, um, the dolphins were, going at a certain time in the morning and a certain time in the evening. Mm. And it, I could sit there and it was like by the, day three, I knew about what time, you know, I was going to see them. And it was, it was just remarkable to see these, you know, mm-hmm. just God's creatures, you know, yeah, and you, you see, you know, just God in mm. everything. And it's like, man, I, we really need to take time out of our busy day to actually look at what God has blessed us with. Mm. And anyway, it just, even now I'm closing my eyes and I'm picturing it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I think I need the beach, Mark. I think I need to go and just sit on the deck watching. Mm-hmm. I think there's real value in that. I'm with you and get away from the Miata up on stands, <laughs> get away from the dream of the Bradley GT, <laughs> get away from the people cutting cut, you know, counting cuss words in movies Yeah. and just exist and enjoy what yep. god's provided us with sip the coffee watch the waves liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark one of the funniest things that has happened in the uh, the era of the ring doorbell camera mm-hmm. is a how affordable it is to actually have cameras around your home uh from a security standpoint yeah. you know you can look on your smartphone when you're at work and see if there's somebody at your house. And right. like you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, the, you know, getting woken up at three in the morning because a spider <laughs> climbs the across bug. the lens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that, you know, has been posted on uh, social media on videos on YouTube or whatever, people stealing mm-hmm. and porch. Pirates. There's this, yeah. Yeah. And they will, they're there to steal. And then when they are caught, you know, somebody's on the camera and can see them and starts talking to them. Hey, put that back. Right. It's like, they make up a story. Oh, I'm a driver for FedEx or UPS. And uh, I was just uh, checking, yeah. you know, and it's like, really? Um, and it just, I'm thinking there are, people are just bold in their thievery, you know, right. they really are. Yeah. And it's like, yikes, man. It, there was one, I believe it was Tuscaloosa, um, where a woman was a porch pirate. And she had her accomplice out in the car mm-hmm. and she grabs this box and the person, you know, uh, catches her and says something to her, it scares her. And she takes off running and actually turns her ankle, um, leaving the porch into the grass and breaks her ankle mm-hmm. and her accomplice has to then come and help her get in the car. Wow. But you know what? She wouldn't put the box down. <laughs> she would not. Yeah. She was thieving the whole way, man. So Yikes. Anyway, a okay. woman is caught on a camera, stealing a rug. Uh huh. A
1: doorbell doorbell camera footage from the home of Caitlin Jarvis and uh, Jim Goprich last week in Cincinnati shows a woman walking up to their patio, carefully moving their patio furniture around and delicately folding up the rug. Hmm. She even appears to take time to shake the dust off the rug fly, oh, come on into into the flower beds. Jarvis said, we thought it was weird, too. It looked like she was there with a purpose. Uh, It almost looked like she was stealing it back from us as if we stole it from her in the first place. The couple couple filed a theft report with Cincinnati police. Jarvis put up a post on social media as well. But Tuesday night, the couple had to email detectives to tell them they'd gotten the rug back. Exactly Mm -hmm. one week after it disappeared, the rug was placed neatly back on their porch. Their doorbell camera, again, caught the suspect, this time returning the rug. A what? note attached to the rug identified her as the woman who mistakenly took your rug. <laughs> mistakenly uh, stole? Right, yeah. Her mistake was was getting caught, I think. Right. Uh, the note reads, quote, I am exceedingly apologetic for taking your rug. It was an honest mistake. I was trying to pick up a free rug from a Craigslist offer, and I obviously got the wrong one yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they say uh, they were initially upset
0: but now relieved the rug is back where it belongs the only way i'm buying that story mm-hmm. show me the craigslist that show it. me that yeah and then i don't prosecute otherwise you don't get away with this you stole it you didn't right. mistakenly pick it up you stole it yeah i have a feeling
1: this is somebody from the neighborhood who's been eyeing that rug thinking wow i'd love that rug i'd like to and they just went and took it and then they saw posted on facebook for whatever you know and it spread around
0: <gasps>
1: ah they saw me <laughs> <laughs> that was marcy
0: oh no <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know when market just hit me yep. we have not done a guinness book of world Records story oh today. my goodness and I was thinking the last time I even heard of a story about a free diver, mm-hmm. you know, not somebody who, does, who dives for free, <laughs> but, you know, that it was a Guinness Book of World Records story, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have missed it. We're going to go a full day without a Guinness Book of World Records oh, story. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I we, think it's a good thing. We can't let that happen, though. What I think it's a good day. It's, it's, uh. a, it's a major award. Shucks, I want to know, Dad. It <laughs> looks like a lamb.
1: David Vencey, or Vensel, that is, emerged from the depths of Switzerland's Lake Sills Tuesday. After a record dive beneath the ice to a depth of more than 164 feet without a wetsuit. The 40-year-old Czech diver's record vertical plunge from a to 170.9 in a single breath follows his entry into the Guinness Records book for swimming the length of a frozen Czech lake in 2021. He dived through a hole in the ice, then retrieved a sticker from a depth of 50 meters down to prove his feet before re-emerging through the same hole. He spat some blood, sat down for a minute, and then opened a bottle of champagne. A later visit (sighs) to the hospital confirmed there was nothing seriously wrong with him. The plunge took him one minute and 54 seconds, according to his promoter, Pavel Kalus, which was a bit slower than they expected. Quote, Mm. he kind of enjoyed it, but he admits he was a little more nervous than usual, and he had some problems with breathing. Well, he was underwater. Um, There was nothing difficult for him to be in cold water. Lack of oxygen is something normal for him, but this was completely different because it's really difficult to work with the pressure in your ears in cold water. If you combine all these three things, cold water, lack of oxygen, and the problem
0: with working with pressure, it's something very unique. Yeah, Yeah. and all I'm thinking is says a later visit to the hospital confirmed there was nothing seriously Mm -hmm. wrong, and I'm thinking, well, physically... Like, I mean, come on! There's no way this guy's normal. Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and as we put day, uh well, day one of the work week uh, to bed, mm. or getting ready to start day two if we show up tomorrow right. in a few minutes, <laughs> because this hour replays in the five o'clock hour right, the yeah. next day, and i have to wonder i don't know if we're going to be here today or not or <laughs> if we were here yesterday i'm a little there's, confused there's Martin. no telling <laughs> all right so there is now a way then i believe this thinking yourself thin. yeah hmm. okay all right thinking yourself you've done every diet known to radio uh-huh. i mean uh-huh you've yeah. been the guy all right we yeah. wrapped you we pulled you That's we right. dehydrated you we've fed you we've done yeah. everything possible that's Mark. right
1: the radio salespeople walk into the weight loss place and say have i got the guy for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of ridiculous weight loss gimmicks out there whether you're eating nothing but grapefruit you remember that used to be a yep. thing with your parents. Oh, I'm on a diet. I'm eating nothing but grapefruit. Yeah. Maybe and bacon. Maybe today I bacon. that and bacon. I, I will. Oh, yeah, I'll go for that. I remember when the Atkins diet first came out, everybody was just crazy about it. Oh, you can eat all the bacon you want. You can eat all the steak and you know, all and it's awesome. What they don't tell you is that once you go on that diet, that which we call it keto, the keto diet now, right? That you can go on that, and if you come off of it, and I don't know, eat a baked potato, you're going to be in a coma. Just When the carbs hit, you're gone. Anyway, the goal, there's always a goal, and the goal has always been to achieve the fastest possible results with the least amount of effort. And now a study has uncovered what is perhaps the quickest fix yet for cutting calories. Imagine you ate more than you actually did. Researchers reached this conclusion after having 151 men and women consume a 300-gram serving of Uncle Ben's Rice Thyme Sweet and Sour. These participants were then instructed not to eat anything else for the next three hours. From there, they were divided into three groups. The first of the three groups <clears throat> excuse me, were asked to think about the rice they had for lunch, either visualizing moving it around on their plate, remembering what it tasted like, or imagining the meal was twice as large as it was. Finally, they took part in a fake um, test, of three types of cookie, Cadbury milk chocolate fingers, McV- uh, McVitie's digestives. This is all apparently in the UK and Maryland uh-huh. chocolate chip cookies and were told to eat as many as they wanted. The researchers found that those who had imagined their lunch being twice the size ate fewer cookies compared to the group that didn't take part in that particular mental exercise. Joanne Sispula, uh, lead author of the study. Explained in a statement, your mind can be more powerful than your stomach in dictating how much you eat. Our findings could give people a method to control their eating with their mind. Well,
0: Mark, what do you think?
1: I I I don't know. The, the key to this seemed to be, I mean, just imagine that your serving size was twice as big as it actually was. Uh-huh. I... Yeah. I think this is why P.T. Barnum said there was a sucker born every minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on (laughs) liferadio.fm.